In 2009, an anonymous Reddit user passed away. A friend created an account on Reddit to announce their passing, and that seemed to be that. But over the next year or so, curious users on Reddit began to search through the history of these two strangers and found strange links, hidden messages, and what look like contracts for mercenaries, assassination contracts, or hitmen for hire, all located on a bizarre website named Lake City Quiet Pills. Theories of the third kind. Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron, and I'm one of your hosts today. The other host joining me today is Danielson. Yo, what's up, guys? And today's episode, of course, is Lake City Quiet Pills. But before we hop into it, let me do some quick announcements. Like always, we don't run any ads or take any money from corporate overlords. So if you'd like to help us out, a written review on iTunes helps the show tremendously. If you don't want to leave one, though, that's fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, whomever, to enjoy the show. Lizard people. Yeah, the lizard. If you're a lizard person, enjoy the show. Also, if any of you would like to reach out to us, then you can shoot us a message on Instagram, or you can go to our website, which is theoriesofthethirdkind.com, or tot3k.com, and you can click the contact button on our website, and there you will find our email addresses, mine, Kate's, Donnie's, Dan's, and you can send dick pictures exclusively to Daniel. And I will CC them to Aaron. <laughs> also, on our website, you, you can leave your voicemails with your phone or potato. Uh, we are going to start playing all the ones that we've collected on our social show, which will be on Theories Thursday. And I think next week is Theories Thursday. So we'll play those and go over reviews and do shout outs and all that good stuff then. So let's get into Lake City Quiet Pills. Dan, uh, where does this all start at? Where did Lake City Quiet Pills, the mystery, all begin? So this whole entire mystery starts on a website called Reddit. For those who don't know what Reddit is, it's basically a website where people can submit content to, to the site, such as links, text posts, images, which are then voted up or down by other members. Reddit has what's called subreddits. It's basically a mini forum inside of Reddit. The subreddits are ran by moderators who have created the subreddit the moderators are not employees of Reddit, but individuals who volunteer their time to moderate that specific subreddit. So the mystery starts on Reddit, but it revolves around a user named Religion of Peace. Yeah, uh, it's actually kind of two users, Religion of Peace, and I forgot to write down the other one, but 2.6. But right now, uh, we're going to cover Religion of Peace and the background of his, this user so Religion of Peace created his account on Reddit in 2007. Now this was like the around the beginning of of Reddit. So Reddit was founded in 2005. So it was only 2 years after it was founded, but now it's grown to like the fourth largest site in the world. So anyway, so back to Religion of Peace. When browsing through his post history, you can quickly determine a few things. Uh first that he acted as a moderator and admin of the subreddit called Jailbait. <laughs> mm. um, so he acted as the moderator and admin of the Jailbait subreddit. 
So if you're unfamiliar with what the what a moderator is, they're like babysitters. They keep things peacefully under control, or at least they try to. Also, if you're wondering what the jailbait subreddit was, well, it was like a subreddit that specialized in pornography featuring women who looked underage. So basically, it was as close to child porn as you could get without breaking any laws. Yeah. Pretty. That's pretty disgusting, and I'm glad, though, that it was actually closed down, that subreddit. Yeah, in 2012, Anderson Cooper did a story over that jailbait subreddit, and it's what caused, uh, I guess, well, of course, bad publicity for Reddit. So they ended up shutting down that subreddit. So as of 2012, the jailbait subreddit no no longer exists. So the second thing we can determine about this religion of peace through his comments was that he was a very angry person most of the time. He commented on a lots of news and political subreddits telling individuals to, and I quote, fuck off and die. And of course, it was written in all caps because what better way to get your message across than putting it in all capital letters? I mean, that's how you yell um, on the internet. All caps. Yeah. So basically, he was the equivalent of a grumpy old pervert who spent too much time baiting to nasty images and telling people to, and I quote, get the fuck off my internet. That's actually one of the quotes he said, get the fuck off my internet. Not quote, but one of the comments he said was, get the fuck off my internet. (laughs) So the third thing we can kind of conclude about this religion of peace user is that in his addition to complaining about socialism and spammers, he also presented himself clearly as someone with a good deal of military experience, often participating in conversations that involve CIA operations, occasionally mentioning his time in the Navy during World War II, and at one point expressing intimate knowledge of what kinds of piano wire could kill someone. That's some interesting knowledge to have right there. Yeah, do you happen to know that, Daniel? Uh, I know you're not supposed to use guitar wire because it just makes too much noise. Bang, 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 bang. All right. So do you, do you want to go over his posts? So we started digging up his posts and we're going to kind of go over those and um, just kind of give you an idea of who this religion of peace was. Yeah. So in one of his posts on Reddit, he claimed to have enlisted in the U.S. military at the age of 14, which mm, seems a little iffy. Yeah, it's a little doubtful, but. But in another post, he referenced being present at the Battle of Normandy and responded to another user that inquired about it with the following. I was there, but I was passing 40 millimeter cannon shells on a troop ship. I, re- I didn't really get into any sort of us and them shooting at each other combat until I went to Jerusalem in 47. It was an exciting time to be alive fighting the food fight. Then the next post, uh, he ref- references being in World War II. I was in the Navy until 45. I didn't see any land combat until Palestine in 47. I saw it then, both sides, and continued seeing it until I got too old. I mean, this guy's been everywhere so far. Yeah. Then, uh, in multiple posts, he referred to himself as an old man, claiming to be in his upper 70s, even stating on multiple occasions that he had been born in 1930, had been working in the military-related fields for several decades after the end of World War II, and then claimed to have retired from the military career in 87. One of the most interesting posts that I found was where he talked about what he did after he retired. Some people have the luxury of enough money to retire. I found a job I like that doesn't require much physical effort, and it works for me. Happily, it's a computer-related field. So it is also worth noting that in one of his comments on a particular post on Reddit, 
that Religion of Peace made a reference to Iron Keys, which are encrypted hard drives that are favored by Intel operatives and are often used by individuals who have very sensitive information that they don't want to be seen. So pretty much that right there, you need to remember that Iron Keys. going to play a part later on. Yeah, all this information we're kind of giving you is kind of setting you up for the whole story. We're telling you as much detail as we can so that you can place it all together. So throughout his Reddit history, Religion of Peace spent majority of his time on the Jailbait subreddit, which we talked about earlier. (laughs) He would uh, often direct individuals in that subreddit to a specific website, which was linked under the guise of, and I quote, this old guy's image host. That link would, when you clicked it, would take you to a website called lakecityquietpills.com. The website name LakeCityQuietPills.com did not match what this website actually was. So this website was being used as an image host, hosting many of the risque and pornographic images that would appear on the jailbait subreddit. Um, That site that was an image host uh, was owned by Religion of Peace. So image host, if you're not familiar with it, is back in the day, Reddit didn't have the capability of hosting their own images you would have to upload it to a different site and then get the link and then post the link so people could see the image so this guy would tell people hey you want to post pictures of you know jailbait women on this subreddit go use my uh website called he called it the old guys image host but it was lakecityquietpills.com so people would go and upload it there By the summer of 2009, LakeCityQuietPills.com was full of pornographic images of women and girls. Many thought very little of it, simply using it as a place to hold images so they could link them to the subreddit or the other sites. On July 17, 2009, Religion of Peace made his last comment on Reddit, which stated, I reported a couple hundred obvious bullshit Reddits. Shit for roofers, lawyers local businesses and shit like that. Just those one-off that spammers make, thinking that we actually look at their postings. And that was it. That was the last post he ever made. So now we're going to kind of move over to another Reddit user named 26. Two, as in the number two, and then tack, and then six. So Dan, can you tell us about him or her or whatever? It. We're going to go with it. But uh, roughly 14 hours after the last comment from Religion of Peace on July 18th of 2009, someone created a Reddit account and named it 26. This user 26 made a post entitled it The End of Religion of Peace. He died today. He goes on to say the following. I'm the person who provided Religion of Peace the space for that old guy's image host. Milo died today. He was 79 years old. He died at his desk looking at your site. Milo was a mean old fucker. Mean and ornery. He hooked me up with my first gig when I got out of the army. I didn't like finding him like that. Milo don't have any living relatives and no real friends other than his landlady and a few people where he worked. He didn't talk to anyone about much of anything. Me, he just tolerated. As I said, he was mean. I think he used that as a shield to keep people away from him. Milo thought God was some kind of con game thought up by some lazy sons of bitches who didn't want to work every day. So he's going into the fire on Monday without a service just like he wanted. I'm planning to dump his ashes in the woods in Pennsylvania near where he was born. Can't put them right there because there's a mall there now. 
I gave the girl next door his raggedy old cat and most of his books, his computers, and Tronic shit he tagged for the disabled vets and the VVA. All the rest of the stuff is for the Salvation Army. All those years and everything he owned fits in the trunk of my car. I don't know what else to say. I'll miss him, miserable bastard. So it is important to note here that the post did have a lot of spelling and grammar errors in it. So keep that in mind. We will touch back on it later. The announcement of Religion of Peace's death was a very emotional one to Redditors at the time, though. It had a ton of comments and responses from individuals who were remembering him. His posted war stories, his fight against spammers. And the user 26 who made the death announcement responded to just a few comments. One of those comments was someone calling Religion of Peace's death a hoax. So 26 responded with the following. You are an ass. <laughs> Milo was my friend and I was taking him to dinner on Friday. He worked at home most days. I guess I ought to call his manager just so thanks for that. I don't know why he liked this stuff. So a couple day of days later on July 19th, the person known as 26 returned to Reddit and saw the outpouring support and condolences made to Religion of Peace. I'm going to start referring to Religion of Peace as ROP. Yeah, that, that seemed the best. Yeah, because... Enough said, but I'm pretty sure that he was also known as ROP, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. This user 26 made another comment, which they continue to refer to ROP as Milo. Here is the comment. Goddamn, didn't know so many people could like him that didn't sling a gun with him. Thank you, so I'm out of here now. I don't do this stuff like you and Milo. Take care, keep the faith. And I tell you, when there's a lot of spelling and grammar errors in this, there are a lot. Oh, yeah, there's a lot. So, again, a couple of days later, on July 21st, 2009, the person known as 26 returned to Reddit again and left a comment. This will be his last one. It said the following. If you're interested, this is where Milo is now. And what followed was a link to Google Maps, which pointed to an area near Lake Heritage, Pennsylvania, just southeast of Gettysburg. The exact location was right near a shopping mall, which... The user 26 claimed that had been built on the land that had once belonged to ROP's or Milo's family. This is where his ashes would be spread. So over the next few months, some individuals started to get curious. They started digging and trying to find out like as much information as they could about the users ROP and 26. What they started uncovering was some very odd, weird and strange things that were pretty much almost unbelievable. Yeah, the investigation that started happening into the user 26, which we'll get into, is where like you said, it's almost unbelievable. It gets very odd and weird, so let's hop into it. Some Reddit users started digging around to find out more information about this 2-6. They were able to find similar-sounding usernames. One of the similar-sounding username was Angel26, and that user was on the website named Fark.com. Have you ever been there? Fark.com? I've never even heard about it. I've never heard about it. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know what FARC is, I had to look into it because I had no clue. It is basically the same thing as Reddit, a place where people can submit articles, topics, uh, just random stuff, images, and people can comment on them. So on October 11th, 2001, someone created a FARC account with the username Angel26. On FARC, this user, Angel26, had commented about rifles, ammunition, and weaponry. This user seemed to have a history of military service. At the end of each comment, they left a signature, which was a motto of some sort. And this is where it's kind of weird. The, the motto read as the following, 
dispensing Lake City quiet pills to lousy bastards in need of permanent rest since 1968. Also worth noting, uh, when this person created their user account, um, this Angel26 on FARC, that they listed their email address as angel.2.6 at lakecityquietpills.com. So this user had some connection to ROP, Religion of Peace, lakecityquietpills.com, image hosting, and 2.6. So other Redditors started digging around more, and they found another site, uh, they are on another site called Dig, which is pretty much the same thing as Reddit, but it, and Fark, but it was before them. Um, that someone had a account under the username Angel Two Six as well. So in two thousand and seven, Angel Two Six made a post on Dig, and that post had been signed by another user, which was named Religion of Peace. Now all of that wasn't a big deal. I mean. Some were saying that they were the same person pretending and it was all just a game, uh, that it was all, you know, made up. And it, it, it didn't seem like a big deal. I mean, if I came across that, I'd be like, oh, two people, okay, they're the same person. And, you know, it's a hoax or whatever. Yeah. But um, that was until some Redditor users started digging into the image host website, lakecityquietpills.com, and its website code. What they found looked like weird, hidden, strange, secret messages dating back years. So we're going to kind of go over the website, Lake City Quiet Pills, and what everybody found. And we're going to, I mean, this is, I know it may seem like a lot, but all this is going to connect into each other. So we have the user 2.6, the user religion of peace, all of their background and everything, but now... We're going to discuss the website Lake City Quiet Pills. Do you want me to cover that or you, Dan? doesn't matter to me. Oh, you can cover it. Okay, so the website Lake City Quiet Pills. This is where it starts to take a bizarre turn. When digging deep around the interwebs and duck-duck-going quiet pills, or the term quiet pills, you will find that there is a government-owned and operated ammunition plant based out of Independence, Missouri. What is its name? Lake City Ammunition Plant are also called Lake City Arsenal. Pretty weird, huh? This plant, here's a little history behind it. It was created by Remington back in 1941, where it began manufacturing and testing small arms for the U.S. military. To this day, it produces nearly 1.4 billion rounds of ammo each year and is the single largest producer of small arms ammunition for the United States Armed Forces. Keep this in mind as we dig further. I want you to keep it in the back of your head because it is, We'll we'll touch back on it again, you know. All I know is they can send me some of that ammo. Oh, that's a lot of freaking ammo, dude. 1.4 billion rounds each year. Holy shit. I don't need that much, but, you know, just just a couple boxes. (laughs) So, uh, the website Lake City Quiet Pills, on the outside, it just, you know, it kind of looked like a normal image hosting site, you know, which hosted hundreds of thousands of pornographic images. I mean, I'm not really sure how normal it is for an image hosting site to have hundreds of thousands of porno images. I assume it, you know, it must be kind of normal. You know, the, I guess the most popular thing on the internet is porn right now. So an image host site that hosts porn images, I, I guess it's common. Yeah, I be think. I mean, mean going to be more popular than what it was. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got to have their spank bank, you know. <laughs> Anyways, uh... 
So some individuals noticed that when uh, you went to the website and inspected the HTML code, that was that there were hidden messages inside of the HTML code. So for those of you who don't know or don't have any clue of what I'm talking about when I say HTML code, so basically all websites are built off of code. You can go to any website and right-click on it and press inspect. And the code that's on the website that it was written in will pop up. That code tells the website what to do, how to look, you know, etc. If you own that website, you can edit that code and write anything you want and change stuff around in it. You can also put secret hidden messages like these people did. Back to the hidden messages that were found inside the HTML code on the site. So the first thing that people noticed in the HTML code was a motto, which was the following. Dispensing Lake City quiet pills to lousy bastards in need of permanent rest since 1968. We talked about that motto earlier, right? That came from the Angel 2-6 user yep. on, what was it, Fark or Dig? I believe it was uh, Fark. Fark, yeah. So that was interesting that that was on there. But underneath the motto was a lot of random information, which included names and acronyms, which people still aren't certain what some of it means. But it is definitely pretty interesting. But this is what we do know about the following messages uh, is that they were clearly not meant for public viewing. It had details of who had what info littered to the top of the HTML code. Following those details, information that followed, which looked like job listings, which detailed requirements that sound an awful lot like mercenary or assassin work. So I, I'm, I'm going to kind of give you an, an example of what one of those messages were. So you inspected the HTML code, you go to it, it shows the motto of dispensing Lake City quiet pills to lousy bastard in some permanent need of rest since 1968. Then it says, Shade is maintaining the calendar and access to the file dump. Angel has the job postings for EU and Asia. We aren't sending anyone to ME. No one. Don't ask for listings. Another post said, Immediate need. 8 to 10 Chinese Korean, fluent Korean dialect accents, details after contact, 12-week half-pay sequester on refusal. Another one was two ground types, fluent Farsi, Arabic, French, no papers, no problems. Another one said need formed group 8 to 10, single OP, delivery bonus, gentleman's agreement, insurance, immediate need. All these were hidden in the HTML code of the website and were constantly being updated as if they were job postings. And this brought the attention of the Reddit users who started going over them and talking about them. And a number of these postings featured acronyms such as CCW, which some were say would say would be concealed carry weapons permit. Do you agree with that, Daniel? Yes. And another one was W slash W, which could either mean wet works, which is a euphemism for murder or assassination, or it could mean wants or warrants in a certain region that the listing was for. So if it was like WW, like no WW means no wants or warrants, you know, or it could mean no WW, no wet works, like no assassinations. No fun. That's just, yeah, that's just speculation. But the HTML code was, like I said, full of these type of messages, which looked oddly like job postings. Some speculated that this website 
that Religion of Peace owned doubled as a job posting for hitmen, assassins, military contractors, black ops, etc. Um, now, this next bit that Daniel's going to go over, I want everyone to pay attention to because this is probably the most, in my opinion, important factor in this entire story. This is what does it for me. This is where I started to think, oh man, this shit might all be true and might not actually be fake. So, you want to go over the next hidden message? A hidden message was written in the Lake City Quiet Pills website HTML code the same day as ROP's death was announced on Reddit, July 17, 2009. The hidden message said the following. I am sorry to tell you that old Milo died yesterday. He went quiet and calm, not like we all figured. I gave that fat mangy cat of his to the little girl next door. No services or nothing, you know, Milo. I'm taking his ashes back to where his farm was. Close to it, anyway. There's a mall where his place was. So hoist a few for the old man. Remember what he said. Keep with the man who's got your back. More than two months later, on September 30th, 2009, another message was posted in the hidden HTML code, which said the following. For those who have asked, I bricked Milo's iron key. The same day, all is well. Side note, for those who don't know what bricking is, basically it's where someone destroys the device and any information held on it. So pretty much, he bricked that iron key that ROP had earlier. Almost two months later, on November 14th, 2009, another hidden message was written in the HTML code, which said the following. Milo's will cleared probate. Surprise! Milo was loaded. Email Shade if we sent you out in 2005 to 2009. Shade will have checks cut for you. Amount is by how many tons, not by pay total. Small share is 3 to 4K. And I cannot stress enough how bad the spelling and grammar errors are. Oh, yeah. Surprise is spelled S-I-R-P-R-I-Z-E. Loaded was spelled L-O-D-E-D. So it's very bad. I mean, I like checks. C-H-E-K-S. Just forget the C, man. You don't even need that in there. (laughs) It's just an extra letter. Yeah. But then in January of 2010, another message was written in the HTML code, which said the following. Happy New Year, everyone. We're having a birthday party for the old man on the 19th. Party starts at the 1500 at the usual. Send your RSVP to Shade. FYI, we're booking a room for three days for anyone coming from out of the area and overnight for locals. Come hoist one for Dutch Milo. So that last hit of message doesn't seem like that big of a deal. You know, everyone's getting cut of Milo's will and they're having a party to celebrate the guy. So I can only imagine them all sitting together just celebrating and having a good old time. You know, the freaking assassins are supposed assassins and hitmen sitting around, you know, celebrating. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, glass in one hand, gat in the other. This shit reminds me of John Wick so much. You know, it really does. Okay. So some Redditors were able to make some very crazy connections like we were talking about to this alleged party. Um and the connections they made to this party was to one of the most intricate assassinations the world has ever seen. But before we kind of, we're going to kind of dive into the assassination, tell you all about it, and then we'll jump back out. And we'll kind of make those connections as to how they made the connections to the assassination and to Lake City Quiet Pills, Religion of Peace, in this what looks like right now, I mean, as of right now, we're seeing these weird messages on a website that's not meant for public viewing. These messages are that look like job listings for, I don't know, assassinations or something. That's all we know right now. 
But if you start taking the dates, you can start making connections. And that's what some Redditors did. But before we dive into that, remember we spoke about the FARC website and how the 2-6 signature was dispensing Lake City quiet pills to lousy bastards in need of permanent rest in 68. Now keep this in the back of your mind while we go over the assassination of Mahmoud al-Mabou. Mahmoud al-Mabou was born in a refugee camp along the Gaza Strip in 1960. During his teenage years in the 70s, he joined the Muslim Brotherhood, and as a young adult, he ended up getting into some legal trouble, resulting in a brief incarceration. After his release from prison in the mid-1980s, al-Mabud began to associate with Hamas, for anyone who doesn't know, is the organization that petitions for the creation of Palestinian state. Many consider it a kind of like terrorist group, but... mm, it's been serving the, you know, the governed body for the Gaza Strip for more than a decade. Anyways, so over the next two and a half decades, Mahmoud al-Mabou earned a reputation in Hamas. In particular, he claimed credit for the 1989 killings of two Israeli soldiers, both of whom were killed in separate incidences. This made him one of, one of Israel's most wanted. By the mid-2000s, Al-Mabud was serving as the chief of logistics and weapons procurement for the military wing of the organization and was playing a vital role in the relationship between Hamas and Iran's revolutionary guards. This made Mahmoud al-Mabud a target. Towards the end of the early 2000s, he became the target of multiple assassinations attempts. The first, a car bomb, which failed to kill him. The second was more intricate. It was an elite team orchestrating uh, the kill that tried to poison him in November of 2009 in Dubai. Uh, The unknown toxin was slipped into his drink or placed on fixtures in the hotel room. Not many people, or people don't really know how. But it left uh, Al-Mabud mysteriously ill, but not fatally so. So he recovered from the illness without knowing he actually had been poisoned. <laughs> Which kind of sucks, you know? Man, my stomach hurts. <sighs> I just ate a bad burrito at the gas station. Oh, you would eat a burrito at a gas station? <sighs> oh, man, I've, I've done that once before, and oh my god, it was horrible. So because of him being unaware of his second attempt at someone trying to assassinate him, Al Mabu continued to live his life with normal kind of security precautions. He lived in Syria, but often traveled around the Middle East, conducting business on behalf of Hamas. He usually traveled under fake names, using fake passports, and more often than not, traveled with, uh, you know, some security guards. Unbeknownst to Al-Mabu, there had been a security breach on his computer. The computer he used to arrange his travels had been compromised by a Trojan horse, which allowed an outside actor access to his dealings. In early January of 2010, Al-Mabud booked a flight to Dubai and arranged for hotel accommodations for at least two days. On this trip, he was not going to be followed by his bodyguards. 24 hours, Al-Mabud would be in a foreign nation isolated and alone. Someone with this knowledge began making travel accommodations of their own. So, do you want to tell about the day he arrived, Dan? Oh, yeah. So on January 19, 2010, Mahmoud Al-Mabou arrived in Dubai alone under a fake name with no security guards. Earlier that day, though, a small network of around two dozen men and women arrived in Dubai using fake names and passports of their own. 
and then they began coordinating their efforts to track Al-Mabu. This operation was led by at least three coordinators, all of whom were working under the assumed names Gail Folliard, Kevin Daveron, and Peter Evinger. These three had coordinated at least five trips to Dubai, presumably to surveil the region and do reconnaissance for what was to come. Mahmoud al-Mabu arrived in Dubai shortly after 3 p.m. local time, and from the moment he landed, he was being followed by a network of operatives. Men and women began to mix and match, following Mahmoud al-Mabu out of the airport to a cab and eventually to the hotel where he was staying at. Prior to his arrival, a half a dozen operatives had checked in at that same hotel in the region. All of the hotels he had stayed at prior to this visit, they wanted to cover their bases. They made sure they had feet on the ground to find out which room he was staying in. They likely knew the ins and outs of each hotel already and were waiting in the lobbies of every hotel awaiting his arrival. So pretty much no matter where Almabu went, these people were already there waiting for him. Oh yeah, they knew exactly what he was doing. They arrived there, they cased the place out. If you want to go to YouTube, you can watch all the security footage and watch all this shit unfold. So that's just a note for later on. Pretty much because the security footage was picked up, these operatives numbering around a dozen in total, following Amabu from afar, on at least two occasions, these men and women would enter restrooms to briefly change up their disguise and don a wig or exchange items of clothing. This footage also shows Amabu arriving at the Al-Bustan Rotana Hotel, where two men were standing in the lobby wearing tennis gear and holding tennis rackets. God, that's, that's a terrible outfit. Yeah, what a terrible disguise. What... <laughs> Anyways, I won't call them anything because they're still out there, but spoiler. Spoiler. As Almabu t- makes his way to his hotel room, one operative remains in the lobby and begins reporting into the other operatives on an electronic device. At this point, the other operatives, who are all in hotels in the surrounding region, begin to converge on this location. Autobots? Simple. <laughs> Transform. The other man wearing the tennis gear begins to follow Almabu to his hotel room eventually learning that he is staying in room 230. He doesn't act yet, but he just pretends like he's heading back to his own hotel room. Upon learning the room number of their target, one of the mission's leaders, the man whose passport named as Peter Evinger, makes a phone call from the business center of another hotel nearby. He requests the room directly across the hall from Almabu, room 237. This would act as the base of operations for the other operatives, who begin to meet up and assemble in that room shortly thereafter. Man, they put a lot of... A lot of thought and, like, work into this. Oh, yeah, they really wanted to get this Al-Mabud, Akmabud, whatever. Yeah, so, you know, Al-Mabud would leave his room shortly thereafter, heading to a nearby mall. Shopping. Their security coverage of his whereabouts would become spotty, but a couple of these unknown operatives tracked him throughout. It was rumored that he was meeting up with some local contacts, but that's mostly speculative. Nonetheless, the operatives now assembled in room 237 take this time to begin hacking into the door's electronic system, figure out a way to gain access to Almabu's room without attracting any attention. This is all captured by security cameras. When another hotel guest walks out of a nearby elevator, one of the operatives attempts to distract them while the other operatives continue working. They make short work of the door's lock. When Almabu returns to the room at around 8.30 p.m., he has no suspicions whatsoever. The door unlocks normally, and he enters, completely and totally unaware that there are a handful of individuals waiting for him inside. You imagine that shit. Surprise. Walking in. Some people are trying to kill you. You go out shopping. You're like, okay, look, I'm fine. I'm heading back to my hotel. You go up to your door. You open it, and there's assassins all standing inside there, John Wick style. And he's like, God damn it. I thought this was the hotel that you can like uh, go to and they don't kill you at. Little did he know, they broke the rules. 
Yeah, so roughly 20 minutes later, uh, after he entered the room, the operatives in the room 230 begin exiting the room and return to room 237. Within moments, they begin to exit the hotel one by one with all of their belongings in tow. Within, so within four hours of after entering and exiting uh, Mabu's room, almost all of these men and women had already left Dubai entirely with their flights taking them all across the globe. So it took some to Frankfurt, some to Bangkok, Zurich, Rome, Johannesburg, Paris. It took them pretty much everywhere. So Mahu, Mabu, Al, or fucking Al Mabu, on the other hand, would never leave his hotel room. At around the same time the assassins were leaving his room, he missed a phone call from his wife, and his body would not be discovered until the very next morning, roughly 12 hours after he had been killed. So when the host hotel staff checked in on Al-Mabu the next morning, on January 20th, 2010, they noted that the door was locked from the inside. This included the chain, you know, on the hotel rooms. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah, which these assassins somehow managed to lock from the outside. This made the death appear natural, and investigators originally noted that the death being from natural causes. However, they ended up doing an autopsy, which revealed that it was nothing natural about this man's death. It was a carefully crafted assassination, plain and simple. During the, the autopsy, this is what they found out what happened to him. So, Almabud uh, was injected with a fast-acting muscle relaxant called succinylcholine, which acted as a paralyzing agent. Almabu remained conscious as he was electrocuted and then finally killed. And how he was killed is that they suffocated him with a pillow. So, imagine that. These... These killers, these group of individual of men and women, these assassins, made him like, hey, relax. <laughs> and he was paralyzed, and then they electrocuted him, and then they were like, eh, fuck you, let's suffocate you with a pillow. That's got to be a bad way to go. Dude, just so, think of the terror, though. He's there, paralyzed pretty much with all these operatives around him, and they're just sitting there just fucking electrocuting him over and over and over. And then finally, slowly, he gets to watch that pillow goes over his face. God that dang, that's got to suck. Yeah, that's got to be absolutely terrifying. So Dubai officials were able to recreate the movement of the assassinations on the day of the killing due to the security camera footage they were able to recover from the region. It showed that all these operatives, numbering around a dozen in total, had arrived just earlier that day, January 19th, that they all also had left shortly after the killing, within four hours of it. This, however, was not their first visit to Dubai. Almost all of these men and women had visited Dubai numerous times in the preceding months. Visits that were likely dry runs, some speculate, for this very assassination, allowing them to get a feel for the hotels and the quickest routes between locations. Like I already explained, they had checked into various hotels in the region, each of them being hotels that uh, Al-Mabu had previously stayed at. This network of operatives had all been using fake passports, which came from predominantly Western nations. This included the UK, Ireland, Australia, France, and Germany. So, since they all had fake passports from from those locations, all of those regions were now dragged into this issue. So, uh, in addition, several of these operatives had made several phone calls to a number in Austria, who some speculate that that was maybe perhaps their coordinator for this assassination. Um, some of the assassins had paid their way in with cash, but 
almost all of them used what was called Payoneer. It's a uh, it's kind of like a specific type of prepaid credit card. Huh. And um, these credit cards had been branded in the United States, but it was rumored that the CEO of Payoneer, Yaval Tal, he had direct ties to Israeli intelligence due to being a victim of high-ranking member of Hamas, as well as being a long-sought-after target of intelligent forces. So with that being said, it kind of made sense that Israel was kind of involved. Some people were speculating because of that. But in February of 2010, so a month later, several nations placed the assassins on Interpol's most wanted list. A total of 18 operatives were named, but because they had been using fake identities at the time of the operation, it was unknown who exactly they were. Pictures of 11 of these operatives would be distributed by Interpol, and to this day, they remain unidentified by the world at large. So imagine that. You have 11 people, pictures of their faces, clear pictures of their faces, and you distribute this around the world, and you nobody's fessing up to it, and you can't find these people. And I linked a picture right here, Dan. I found this picture. These people, they look like normal fucking people. They literally look There's like normal people. Three women, and then the rest are dudes, and they're they just look like your normal everyday Joe. You know, know. the one on the bottom right though, he just looks like a murderer. Look at that smile. <laughs> My God, the one next to him kind of looks depressed a little bit. He's like, "Fuck, I don't even want to be here." And literally, the one beside that guy to the left, that looks like a college photo. Yeah, I'll I'll link this photo on our Instagram. Yeah, so if you want to go to our Instagram and go to our story highlights. Uh, highlights or whatever you'll see this this picture and be able to look at all these individuals um so yeah so if maybe it's like your grandpa or mother or something you can uh shoot us a message and we can interview them anyways so it was announced by britain's foreign office that the passports used had been fakes like we talked about earlier the french foreign affairs ministry claimed the same and this ultimately led ireland's department of foreign affairs to critique the nation of israel now, why would they critique the nation of Israel? Well, according to the Irish, Irish officials, Israel had helped create or distribute these fraudulent passports. So people were like, yo, Israel, why the hell are you doing this? Why the hell did you make these fake passports for these guys? Israel, eh, we ain't going to talk about it. We, we refused to comment. They threw up the hand. Talk to the hand. So then, of course, the United States being like the big brother and the world police, People are like, yeah, United States, step in. You get Israel to talk. What did the United States do? Nah, they refused to cooperate with any of the investigation. Also, U.S. officials uh, refused to hand over the cardholder details of the Pioneer credit cards used by the assassination. So they had the details. We had them. They're not we, but the United States had the details of who owned those Pioneer credit cards that these individuals used. But they said, nope, we ain't gonna, we ain't gonna give over those details. That would likely have shed light onto who, you know, kind of bankrolled this operation. So despite this being one of the most high-profile assassinations of the modern era, it remains unanswered in regards to who was involved and why. Pretty scary that they haven't solved that one. Yeah. Having, like, you know, evidence of these people actually being in the hotel, even though they did not see the murder. But the fact that, you know, they were in the room and such. Yeah, and they were tracking him throughout the entire day. I mean, they murdered him, right? They were hired assassins. That's what we can come to agreement on, that they were assassins who killed this um, Mabu. But 
Another question is, why did we discuss this entire assassination above? People are probably like, why the hell did I just learn about one of the high Hamas, you know, military people getting killed in the assassination? So, and, and what does this have to do with Lake City Quiet Pills and the hidden messages in the HTML code? So tell them, Dan. The hidden messages in the HTML code of the Lake City Quiet Pills website was posted on January 12, 2010. This was about a week before the assassination that we just talked about. It unfolded in Dubai. That hidden message invited people out to a birthday celebration for Milo, a.k.a. Religion, religion of Peace, who had passed away the year prior. The hidden messages stated that the party started at 1500, fitting in with the time period that Al Mabu was flying into Dubai. Another part of the hidden messages states, we got 38 rooms in the Marriott on 46. Shade has the key cards for locals. Pick up at the party. Give your travel name to the desk and that's it. No ID needed since we're covering the bill. Keep the room service under 500, okay? The phones there are not secure. Bus from the hotel leaves at 1330. Car service vouchers for the return trip when you're ready to crash. Don't DUI. You know, it's refreshing to see an employer care about their employees. Plenty of rooms to wander between. You know, you don't have to divulge your information of who you are. You know how office parties can be when liquor is supply and they're concerned about DUIs. Yeah. I mean, up to $500. I mean, that right there. I know I can probably get wasted off of just 50 at least. <laughs> no, but, but. <laughs> go ahead. Go, go ahead. <laughs> but seriously, this is where we ask ourselves, why do these instructions seem very odd for a party? Who need to worry about using a travel name for a birthday party? Who needs to worry about insecure phone lines? Also, who rents out? 38 rooms in a single hotel. From what we know about the assassination in Dubai, the network of assassins totaled above two dozen and had rented out hotel rooms in hotels all throughout the city. Also on February 2nd, 2010, roughly two weeks after the assassination, another hidden message is posted on the code of the site. It says the following. Here is the final for the party. Hotel rooms, 48,341. Limo, 569, bar bill, 18,890, food, 8,030, dancers, wink wink, 8,300, miscellaneous tips, 850, miscellaneous expenses, 2,840, medical supplies, 180, you know, fat Tommy and Stu are okay too, total of 94,080, you all did Dutch Milo proud, thanks. I mean... I don't know about any of you, but none of my employers would ever, ever pay nearly $100,000 for a party. Hell, we had a party, and it was bring your own meals, and they ended up stopped doing that. So what kind of party was this? Why and how did it cost so much, and who was attending this fucking thing? I mean, it's crazy, right? That's a lot. Of, that's $100,000 for a damn party. I don't know. I mean, I want to go to that party. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, so over the next few months, the site continued to post strange, almost job-like postings in the hidden code of the website. Here's an example of a few of them. This one. Immediate need. Four Korean, fluent Korean dialect accent details after contact. Six-week half pay, sequester on refusal. Six-month gig bonus. Next one. Two business class security. Fluent French required. Then the last one. Two light surveillance, or no U.S., uh, I'm guessing WW, so wet work, or warrants, or warrants, or warrants, or whatever. And then no mechs, WW. That one just sounds pretty racist right there. 
I think they're talking about Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just, anyway, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> but, uh, so these strange hidden messages continued until the spring of 2010, around two months after the assassination of Mahmoud Al-Mabu. The, that was when finally the Redditors started poking around the source code of LakeCityQuietPills.com and uncovered these hidden strange messages. Once users on Reddit made a post about the hidden messages in the HTML code of the Lake City site, the code for the Lake City site was changed and encrypted. Shortly thereafter, the website was taken offline for good. The website, once known as Lake City Quiet Pills, was gone for good. Yeah, so when we talk about this, it kind of makes it sound like as these Redditors were finding this code, months and months later it was updating, but... It, it, that wasn't the case. Once these Redditors found this code, they started compiling it all, and it had dates listed on when the messages were posted. And within, I think, like, not short, I mean, shortly after these Redditors posted about these hidden messages, that all of that shit was changed and encrypted. All of the mess, the, the HTML code was all changed and encrypted. I think it was done twice. The first time... It, they ended up, the Redditors cracked the, what the encryption was, and the second time they ended up doing a PGP, which to get the code, you got to have a, a, like a key for it. So that key gets distributed, and then you enter the key in, and then you have the, the, uh, what the message is. But, so that's, like, that's pretty much Lake City Quiet Pills in a summary. Now we're going to kind of go over strange theories and facts around it, which... We already kind of talked about one. We talked about the assassination, right? Yep. And that being, you know, it had facts in it about the assassination, what happened. And then we connected the two of the Lake City Quiet Pills post and that assassination. One of the theories is that it was all just a hoax created by Religion of Peace. So some Redditors said that they determined that Religion of Peace and the user 2.6 are one in the same person and they are just getting rid of an older persona of, you know, they're just getting rid of their old username, religion of peace. Redditors connected the two accounts together by the spelling and grammar issues that these two accounts use. Also by the site that the user used on the website prior to Reddit, which was dig. They also had similar names and, uh, you know, the grammar, like we talked about the grammar errors were the same. I, I think did I write down this theory? I, I don't I, I don't think this now that I read it over and we just went over everything again, I I don't think two six and religion of peace are the same person. And I'll kinda get into that when we go over personal thoughts and theories as into why I think that. But that's one of the theories that somebody has is just this is a hoax created. Yeah. And it's maybe like an a live action role play game or something. Or it's, but for a live action role play game, that was a long ass time for some, and that's a lot of work. That is a lot of work. And why would you have to hide it? You wanted to. Yeah. And when it's a live action role play game, if someone finds it out, you want people to find it. Why, when they find it out, you immediately take it down. That doesn't make sense. And if it was for popularity to some people speculate, it could have been to raise the popularity of the image host site. If that was the case, then why did they take it down as soon as. You know, it was, well, it wasn't taken down soon, but the, the code was, uh, you know. It was changed. The source, the source code was changed, was encrypted, and then shortly after, the, the site was taken offline for good. So, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see is it really being a hoax for those reasons, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, it wasn't too much on that, that one being a hoax. It's just, 
someone just it was one of the theories I found and pretty much someone was just saying it was just hoax because there was very there's just so many similarities in the spelling and the grammar and the way they just type things out, which I mean anybody could just copy cat type some like someone else. Yeah. So tell me about this theory number two. So this one is that Religion of Peace's name was not Milo. Pretty much, you know, two six referred to Religion of Peace as Milo. And then like in some of the hidden messages, he was referred to as Dutch Milo. So when Milo, when his death was reported by user two six on the forums, but with further research into the name Milo, people believe they decipher the name to actually be an acronym. M dot I dot L dot O dot, which stood for military intelligence liaison officer. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. That that makes sense. You know, it's a concept that existed for a long time in the United Kingdom. The group aimed to train intelligence officers with a broad background that could be deployed on certain missions to assist in planning and prep of potential peacekeeping ops, which this is a British military concept. They started to think that they've been approaching this all wrong. The name Dutch Milo was not because he was from Dutch County, Pennsylvania, but because he was actually Dutch and perhaps a military officer, which links to the username to six, which also is possibly another military reference. Cause like in the U S Navy two deck, six deck 10 is slang for it's going to take two surgeons, six hours to remove 10 inches of my boot from your ass. Even though it only uses the two that six, which could possibly refer to someone being a motivator to a group of people, people perhaps like a group of assassins. Yeah, I touch on my personal thoughts and theories. I touch back on that user two six. It's very interesting you say that, but I did not know that military intelligence liaison officer for Milo. That makes sense for them calling him Milo, and that kind of touches on my theory too, which we'll get into here in a little bit. Damn, that was a pretty good one. That that's a pretty good one right there. And you know, I mean, you hear the name Dutch Milo. I don't know if that's a normal name at all, anyways. <laughs> Yeah, that's... Mm -mm. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah, so then the third theory is that it was all real. So this comes from uh, a user named... A Reddit user named Retirement Plan LCQP. He posted uh, this post two years ago, in which he made his account two years ago, and he made only one post, and this was it. And the post said the following, It's time to stop. These people are very rich, but that money does not come from Merck work. Shade and Milo were software engineers at a later stage of their life due to injuries sustained in combat. Maybe not Shade, but he still went that route as well. Their jobs were organizing heists, smuggling ops. Simple as that. This is why recruitment was largely language-based. Merck work does pay well, but not well enough to net you millions for operations when your team is only a few men large. That money does not come out of thin air and let you buy heavy weaponry. Some of these posters and members on Reddit have no background in mech work, merc work. They do, however, have work in public and private transportation. Milo is definitely real and at a later part of his life started relieving his duties and gave it to the others who continued his work. His hobbies were web hosting, programming, 3D modeling, jacking off, <laughs> and organizing jobs as he spent a third part of his life on the web. 
his organization went under after Shade's suicide. He had cancer anyways, and I think the new one has been operating for three years. I will respect their privacy, and hopefully this gives people closure. The initial belief that it's a PMC station in Africa is wrong. Milo had right leanings and recruited like-minded people. Look up what Rhodesia actually means to people nowadays, and you'll understand. South Africa is still deemed their home due to the real estate they kept buying up after they've operated across the world. Also easy to find desperate like-minded people there. A message to this LCQP. I cleared your tracks. Have a good one. So that post is very interesting. And it struck me odd because Shade is like the organizer. When they when they were talking about the hidden, and the hidden messages, it was like contact Shade. So Shade is the organizer. But it's not like one person. It's saying that Shade... Or it's saying Shade is one person, but he committed suicide, and that there's a new person working as Shade for the past three years. And I don't know, man. That's that's why I included that theory, that it was all real. And yeah. that's the whole background for it. Because this really sounded pretty... Everything lined up. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, it does line up. Just the fact that I did not know about this, uh, that this account and message. Just reading that, it kind of blows my mind a little bit. Yeah, it makes sense with everything that was posted. So if it was like an action role-playing game, it had to be that one. But I don't think it was, man. It's too much work. I think it really was something like this organized. I guess now we're kind of rolling to personal thoughts and theories. So I I got one that kind of goes with the theory number two of your, like, uh, Milo military intelligence liaison officer. All right. So what if the user 2-6 is multiple people? Think of... 2-6 as not a user, but like a role. So I would be Aaron 2-6, you would be Dan 2-6, but these roles constantly change, perhaps. Or not the roles, but the users change. Like um, maybe the, like Milo, right? It could have been somebody who took over like a job, like that was the job title, right? 2-6 being the job title, Milo being the job title. Shade being the job title. So you can hold multiple job titles under those. I, I don't know. That's just something I thought of. But then again, you got to think about the the spelling and grammar mistakes. They all seem very similar. Yeah. So I don't know, man. That's just one of the things that I, I had. And another thing is also, in my opinion, of course, my, in my opinion, I don't think Milo, he, he wasn't in World War II. But he definitely had some military background due to what he knew and how he talked or kind of like typed, I guess. Yeah. You know, I got a couple more, but you got anything you want to throw in there before I kind of like say my last couple? So, you know, the thing about like knowing so much about like military background and stuff is the fact that you can actually go to the surplus stores and buy all these different manuals and stuff. You can learn pretty much like buying like survival guides, how to pretty much make bombs, take part guns, learn about tanks, different types of ammo. Like you could literally just go to these surplus stores and usually most of them have these survival guides. You know, he could have been this one of these guys, Milo, you know, just sits there and just reads all these books. And for the fact that, you know, 
he said he joined the art, the military at age 14. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's right. I think he was bullshitting on that one. Yeah. And you know, just a lot of the stuff kind of doesn't fit in. Right. So it makes me think that maybe to me, I don't think that any of these guys were actually military. So for the fact I don't, I actually, and my theory on it is that it wasn't like a hoax. It was more of it kind of like a role playing, but not really. They, um, they just did it for fun. And the fact that they put it in the HTML code for people to see was just to grab attention to bring people to, I'm going to say Lake city quiet pills for image hosting. Cause what a lot of people do for this is, you know, advertisements are on the sites. More people you bring in, the more money you make, right? Yeah, but he didn't have any advertisement on his sites. I went through archive.org and looked at his site in the past, and he didn't have no advertisements at all. And then, boom, debunked. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to debunk you. I didn't mean to debunk you, but, I mean, that's an important thing right there, is it? So if he He had no ads, that's crazy. No ads at all. Yeah. But But it, it, it... and another thing, too, it's like, why would they do it to get publicity and then immediately just shut down the site after they got the pu- publicity? It, it's all very odd, you know? Um, let me touch back on, like, one of the hidden messages in the code, and this kind of, like, explains what I kind of think and what my theory is behind this. So one of the supposed job postings, it said um, immediate need, Eight to ten Chinese Korean fluent in Korean dialect accent details after contact twelve week half pay sequester on refusal. So let's just talk about that for a minute. So what if the twelve week half pay sequester on refusal, assuming that this was some type of military job, meant that if you inquired about the contract and it was some type of let's say Blackwater stuff that required you to do things that you couldn't or wouldn't after you already got the details of the mission or contract, then they would place you in a holding somewhere during that time and only pay you half, which is 12-week half-pay sequester on refusal, right? Sequester is they put you somewhere and kind of like hide you and for those 12 weeks and they only pay you half. This makes me to kind of like believe that some of them were not contractors at all, but were actually kind of kept on salary, and that they were paid a ton more to go out and fulfill these contracts that this contract company had, which kind of like rolls into what I think that this, it's not actually hitmen, but maybe it was just kind of like private military contractors, maybe. For example, uh, military contracting is, is a huge business, right? Yeah. In, in the 2014 fiscal year, the Pentagon obligated $285 billion to federal contracts, more money than all other government agencies received combined. That's equal to 8% of federal spending and three and a half times Britain's entire defense budget. And since 2009, the ratio of contractors to troops in war zones has increased from one to one to about three to one. That's a lot more contractors in the region. And most of these contractors that are fighting for the United States abroad aren't even Americans. Private military companies are multinational corporations that recruit globally. So this kind of fits in with them flying out to different regions, right? So uh, many of the larger private military companies also hire local quote-unquote subs or subcontractors. 
often invisible to United States government officials and reporters. So in 2010, during the height of the wars, a Senate investigation found evidence that these subcontractors were linked to murder, kidnapping, bribery, and anti-coalition activities. Do you want more? Because, well, in 2010, a United States Senate investigation also found that the British private military company Armor Group, which was subcontracted uh, to Afghan military companies that it called Mr. White and Mr. Pink, uh, to provide a guard force. The investigation found evidence that they were linked to murder, kidnapping, bribery, and anti-coalition activities. And guess what? No international laws exist to regulate the mercenary industry. None. So what we're left here with is anyone with enough money can wage war for any reason they want. The ultra-rich and multinational corporations, oil companies, billionaires, big corporations, anyone can hire these military contractors on salary or contracts and get them to do any of their bidding. And it's fucking crazy, man. That is pretty crazy. So that that's what I believe. I believe it was some type, this Lake City Quiet Pills was some black budget kind of under the radar uh, group hired by maybe the military or some type of other foreign nations to fulfill these contracts or obligations that they want off the books. It seems a little crazy, but that's what I think. It's the only thing that kind of makes sense to me besides being a a role-playing game, which doesn't seem that much sense. It's too much work. Yeah. You know? Now, but I do want to pick part of your theory because it kind of like okay. hit me when you were reading it. Also, and it like goes back to the theory that it was all real with that uh, user retirement plan, LCQP. Mm-hmm. So when you were reading about the fluent Korean dialect accent details after contact, 12-week half-pay sequester on refusal, that for some reason clicked in my head to where we were reading where it said where uh, that retirement plan LCQP said some of these posters members have no background in work work. They do, however, have work in public and private transportation. Now that that clicked in my head to make me think that this 12 week half pay sequester on refusal. What if it's like the people that wanting to like actually help out in this mission? They don't have like, you know, the qualms to be a mercenary, but they're in like, uh, say, flying helicopters or oh, they own boats shit. and stuff. So they don't do the wet work, but they get the people that do to the place. They, they provide the liaison. They provide, yeah, the transportation. So they only that get half the more pay. sense. So they get the 12-week half pay part of it for refusing to do like the wet work stuff, but they get, you know, some money for providing assistance, you could say. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, like, why? So, why would he say like some of these posters members have no background in work work? They do, however, have work in public and private transportation. Yep. That's that's what makes sense. Maybe this whole Lake City Quiet Pill what wasn't Merc work. Maybe it was. Maybe it was combined with transportation. But I'm leaning more towards yours now, of them being like transporters. But I don't know. Then we got to ask: Well, if they weren't Mercs, why did they have a party the same day? Uh, a party for Milo after he passed away the same day as 
this assassination was carried out. Uh, I honestly believe that Coincidence? It's, it's both. Work, work, and transportations, because you go back to that day, they rent they rented limousines and buses. Oh, they did. Damn. And I mean, I'm guessing some of them might have been dancers, too. They made $8,300 in tips. Yeah, maybe some of them are actually the mercs, and some of them are the transportation and drivers. And because some of these people I can't see as killers when you look at the image of them. No. Like, the chick to the bottom left. She looks like a driver. Bus driver. Chick to the chick to the upper left looks like a straight killer. It's it's very interesting. Um, this whole Lake City Quiet Pill site, the whole mystery surrounding it, and how we'll most likely never know what it actually was. Nope. But anyways, you got anything to add to theories before we wrap this up? To theories? Nope. That's it's hard to come up with anything for this other than what's already been said. Cause other than the information we read, there's not much left. Yeah. We pretty much covered, covered it all. We, we was what, 19, 20 pages of, of research writing. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was a lot, but anyways, I guess that's it. We're going to wrap it up. So I want to thank everybody for joining us today. Um, if you want to reach out to us, go to our Instagram, which is theories of the third kind. Or you can just go straight to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, or you can go to tot3k.com. There you can, there's a link to our Instagram, all of our social media stuff, contact button, voicemail, all that good stuff. If you inspect our HTML code, you'll also find hidden messages for job postings. No, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> Mostly for uh, sending us emails, especially to Aaron, dick pics. No, that's to Daniel. Anyways, all right, guys. Uh, Thank you again for all your support and all your great reviews you leave. And uh, remember, guys, it's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you're not alone.